You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast, where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living. No topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties. Let's own our worth and walk empowered towards truth together. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to episode 44 of Heart and Soul. It's uh, me and Chelsea and Silas via Zoom today. Yes. Map schedules are tough. (laughs) I tell you what, I need a nap. I... This is actually my crappy, so we can probably get into it, but I am having, the last two nights, I'm having, like, major insomnia, where I, okay, so here's the deal, listeners. I know you're going to come at me with, like, you should take this melatonin, or you should take this natural thing. I've tried it all, and especially the non-hard stuff doesn't work on my body, (laughs) so... I've been trying to like wean off like the non-natural things, but it's making me like obviously in my head. I think it's more just like a mental thing where I'm in my head. Yeah. I'm like putting pressure on myself to sleep naturally now that I put like, I, I think too much about falling asleep to where I don't ever fall asleep. And then when I do, I'll wake up. I've, I've always woken up like a couple times in the middle of the night, but usually I can fall back asleep. But because I'm like putting all this pressure on myself, I start thinking about it again. And then, you know, when you look at the clock and you're like, well, if I go to sleep in five minutes, then I have three more hours of sleep. You kind of do that calculation and then it gets even more pressure cookery. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah. So I remember last time you talked about it on the podcast, you said you were weaning off of like the NyQuil type of thing how long has that been well so I did that for obviously when I was pregnant because you can't take any medication when you're pregnant and that was just hell sleeping in that time and then the like a month or month and a half ago whenever I went to the doctor to and they told me that I need to go gluten and dairy free she also put me on or like encouraged me to take this uh natural supplement called GABA which is yeah which is like for anxiety. Yeah. Um, I've, been trying, I, I've been taking that like after dinner to like calm my mind down, but I don't know. I think I'm just, it's such a mental thing for me. Like I, don't, I need something that's just going to straight up make me sleepy. Um, and like melatonin has the opposite effect on me. And I actually, I think it was Leah who told me that it had the opposite effect on her or someone that I was texting. Really? Recently. And I was like, okay, cool. So I'm not alone. I think too, like, I know for me, when I know I have to get up early, like you have to be up at every, every day at what, like five, five 30. When I know I have to be up, my body's like, oh my God, you're going to be up really early. So we're just not going to sleep just in case you sleep through your alarm. Like I just am on hyperdrive and then I just don't sleep. 1000%. That's me too. And you would think at this point in my schedule, I would be used to waking up this early, but it's still so hard for me. And I, and I do, you're right. I wake up for the 6am class every day and I just, yeah, it's like when you have a flight the next morning early and you just don't sleep the night before. Yeah. Because you're thinking about, I don't want to miss my flight. That's kind of how I feel about sleeping now. I don't want to miss class. I've, I've had that happen too many times to me. I mean, not like a ton of times, but I remember there was a few times where I was subbing for my old boss at his old gym for his like 5.30 a.m. class that I thought I overslept. And it's like that feeling of adrenaline of like, oh my God, I just slept through something major. I actually didn't, but that's the worst feeling. But I have overslept before when I worked at my job in Raleigh, I was supposed to be on the opening shift, which was 5.30. And I didn't wake up till like, 6 30 or 7 because my my phone died and I remember freaking out I was like oh my god everyone's probably like wondering where I am and they can't get in contact with me because my phone is dead and I showed up and like no one even knew that I was not there they're like <laughs> oh you weren't here this morning I was like oh my god no should have just not said anything <laughs> I know well the um, thing I guess like if I if I do sleep through my alarm then everyone's going to be coming into my house around like 545 and they just come wake me up (laughs) that's true but yeah that feeling just sucks so I I think you're 
subconscious brain just knows like to be on edge. But yeah, I would think by now you would probably adjust to it. But I guess waking up that early is just always hard. Uh Uh-huh. That's that's my uh, crappy for sure. Like, because me on no sleep as well is just the worst version of me. And I like feel it, not just like in my tiredness, but like in my eyeballs and my mood, like I'm less hungry. It's just like a whole brain fog. Yeah. It's a terrible version of me. So anyways, rant done. That's my crappy. Um, what do you think of my happy? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Soul Olympics this past weekend. It was so freaking fun. It was you had such a huge turnout. It looked awesome. Yeah, the turnout was great. The games were so funny. It was hilarious to see how competitive everyone got, like when they had to compete against each other. Yep. <laughs> um, like girls in class will like, you know, complain about holding like a plank for 40 seconds. But I'm telling you, during the plank competition, there were girls who lasted anywhere between four and six and a half minutes doing a plank. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you guys like turn on another level of yes nature here. It's crazy how that works. Yeah, I was like, just pretend you're competing with each other in class and then you can do everything, literally everything. Yeah. Uh, but it was so fun. We had like half the events were athletically based and then half were like minute to win it, like funny games. We had like um, the Oreo challenge where you put an Oreo on your forehead and then you like try and get it into your mouth with just using your face muscles. You can't use your hands. Um, and then like you had to eat a whipped cream pie and there's like a ton of gummy bears hidden in there and you had to get all the gummy bears out on the, to the table. Oh my um, gosh. Did you then, do that after all the physical ones? It was in between. So it was like oh. physical, funny, physical, funny, physical, funny. Um, I was going to say if that had... If you had to eat anything, I would probably be so sick. There was one time I did this. These guys at my old job talked me into doing this stupid, stupid race that I will never do again. It was called the Taco Mile, and I, you had to eat a taco every quarter mile. And it was in July, and oh. it was awful, so awful. Never again. <laughs> I had to do – I did a beer run one time. It was like a 5K – and at the beginning of the 5K, if you, like, chug the beer, then you get, like, time taken off at the end if you finish the beer before you start your race. So, obviously, I did it because I'm a psycho competitor. But yeah. I, like, mile and a half in was, like, I'm going to vomit. Like, my beer was, like, still up into my in my chest. It was so gross. Yeah. Worst feeling ever. Yeah, I was like, yep, I'm never doing that again. I got talked into it somehow, and it was not good. But... Well, anyway. people do that Krispy Kreme race where, like, oh you my God. a dozen donuts or something. And it's, like, longer than a 5K, I think, too. It's, like, four or five miles. I would die. I can't even... I don't know how people do it. I can't even eat, like, a couple Krispy Kreme donuts without feeling sick just standing or sitting. I know. Same. Well, I could probably eat two <laughs> and, and feel okay. But beyond that, a dozen? I mean, absolutely not. Yeah. So gross. But anyway. What are your happies and crappies? I don't even know. I don't, I'm like trying to think of what happened this week. Yeah, um, photo shoots. Yeah, I've been working a lot. I would say my happy is that I have like a couple weeks off of weddings. Um, even though I'm not like off completely, I still have sessions and stuff but this weekend I don't we're just gonna go to Charlotte for Jordan's birthday to see his family so that'll be fun um and I guess my crappy is that I'm stressed about that too because traveling with the baby is gonna be tough because it's also daylight savings and oh yeah I'm like I don't know how this is gonna work because he we usually have this like really good bedtime routine and he's been so good we'll like give him a bath like 7 30 ish and he's down for the night by between 8 30 and 9 but we have to leave when Jordan's done working so that's not going to be till at least 5 p.m and it takes almost four hours to get there 
So we're going to be like in the car during all those hours. And then the next day is daylight savings. I don't know. I'm sure he'll be, he'll adjust, but I'm just scared. He's going to be fussy and then I'm going to be up all night and then just yeah. be cranky if that's the case. So fingers crossed he does okay. And uh, I don't know. I'll just try my best to keep him in the routine, even if we have to yeah push it back an hour or whatever we'll see so does that mean it's gonna that's when it gets darker earlier earlier and okay okay but what about in the morning the morning it gets lighter fall back so it's gonna be darker in the morning i feel like right it's gonna be dark all day because it gets wait because it gets it's gonna be dark at like five 6 p.m. 5 p.m. Yes. So does that mean it's still dark in the mornings or no? Dude, I have no idea. I don't get it at all. I'm trying to think about that. Like, when is it? It's basically, no, it'll be lighter earlier, right? Because right now it's light at like seven. Yeah. So if we fall back, then it would be six. So it'll be lighter in the morning. We're going to get so many like DMs that it's like, you're wrong. People are like, I don't think we are though, because like that's that's the logic, right? Because it's gonna be darker sooner. Like everything gets pushed up, yeah, or, or back, I should say. So, what would be light at seven a.m. now is gonna be light at six a.m. instead. True, 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 true. Right? I don't know. I think we're right. I think we're always right. <laughs> if we're not, whatever. Sorry, you can add us. Yeah, don't know. Just add us. Let us know. We'll we'll change it in the next episode. I guess by next week we'll know if it's we'll going to find out. Yeah. All yeah. right. So um, we're just going to kind of catch up on all things Bachelorette because we have not talked about this season yet, which is oh. baffling. And then we got some questions from y'all that we're going to answer today and kind of catch up with our listeners. But before that, we're going to take a quick break for one of our sponsors. Let's do it. All right, so you've heard us talk about them before because you know we're all about a healthy and balanced lifestyle, both um, physically, mentally, emotionally, all the things, and Ritual helps us keep that healthy lifestyle streamlined by giving us the nutrients that we are missing during or in our food, basically. Like it's giving us nutrients that our body needs that we don't know we need and then we don't know we're missing. Um, So Ritual is a multivitamin that is reimagined, formulated with key nutrients, including vitamin D3, to help fill gaps in the diet. Their fresh-tasting delayed-release capsules are designed to dissolve later in less sensitive areas of the stomach so you can take them with or without food. I don't know about you, but I love that they smell good, I feel like. I've been put on a lot of um, vitamins lately from that um, doctor's appointment that I was talking about earlier, and they smell like booty do, like so bad. Yeah. And the fact that I can open up the ritual bottle still every morning to help balance out the stinky smell that I get from the other one just really leaves me minty fresh, and I really appreciate that. That <laughs> and a couple weeks ago, I was taking, I was from all the vitamins and supplements that I've been put on outside of ritual, I got really nauseous, and I had to throw up. I had to run out of a training session to go throw up because I took it on an empty stomach. So I do love that ritual is like really easy and less, less attacking and more sensitive to your stomach. Cause clearly my stomach is sensitive. I did that feel, I had that feeling a bunch after I had my surgery post um, birth because I was like trying to keep track of all my pills that I needed to take. And then I like, would wake up in the morning and try to remember to take them. And then I realized, Oh shoot, I didn't eat anything. And then I was immediately so sick to my stomach, but ritual never did that up until, or that, that was not the cause of it. It was all my other supplements that I had to take. I can't speak right now. I'm trying to burp Silas. Well, Ritual is also expanding its market. It's not just for women anymore. It's now designed for different stages of life and mind available for both men and women, and teens as well. So Ritual Multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support all life stages, which is great because we know some of our listeners, which 
God help me. I am so old now or in the teenage phase of life <laughs> and I feel like your mom, but I'm still a cool mom, right? <laughs> right. So yeah, get your ritual today. And for our listeners, you will get a special, special deal. You will receive 10% off your first three months of ritual by going to ritual.com backslash soul. All you have to do again to get 10% off during your first three months is visit ritual.com backslash soul soul to start your ritual today. All right, let's do it. The long awaited bachelorette conversation. Oh man, I realized too, I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, I hate that now they're on, it's on Tuesday nights because we record on Tuesdays and we always used to be able to talk about it on Tuesdays when it was on Monday nights, but yeah, so this, watching it. this week when y'all are listening to our episode, we have not watched this week's episode yet. We're only talking yes. about weeks yeah. one and two. And I probably will listen to or watch it on Hulu to, on Wednesday night anyway. So yeah. just to, to be honest, but yeah, I am, uh, just kind of flabbergasted at how crazy this girl is. I know everyone. I okay, because I'm one of those crazies that listens to podcasts uh, about The Bachelor, and I feel like everyone is not giving her. Not that she deserves a hard time, but she is not doing. She is not being the best bachelorette at the moment, and I feel like everyone's taking it really easy on her. And I don't know if that's because she's going to be gone eventually and nobody is really quite invested or I don't, I don't know why, but people keep saying, well, she's like the oldest bachelorette. So she knows what she wants, but I feel like she's acting so immature. I think she is too. And I think there, I've definitely listened to some podcasts too, where some people are standing up for her and saying like, Oh, well, she just knows what she wants and blah, blah, blah. And then others who are kind of along, along the lines of how we're feeling, but uh, on one hand, I do kind of understand, like, I think obviously we all kind of know where this is headed, right? Like the rumors are saying that she ends up falling in love with one person and just wanting to end the show early. Cause like, what's the point? And you know, she quote unquote, um, what's the word? Like destroys the rest of the season because of it. So um, she blows up the bachelorette. Right. <laughs> According to Chris Harrison, um, on one hand, I get, I get that piece. Cause I'm like, if I were in, the, in those shoes and there was like one person that I knew I was connecting with to the point where it was like so strong that I literally didn't have feelings for anybody else on the show, it would be ridiculous. I would feel so stupid. Like I know you have a contract, but the fact that other, the other guys are getting angry about it. It's like, well, if the connection's not there, she doesn't like you. She doesn't like you. Like, would yeah. you rather just her pretend to like you and string you along until the end of the season? And then you're going to get down on one knee and she's going to reject you. Or right. would you rather just have an opportunity with somebody else who might give you a chance? Like, so for that part, I do, it, I do kind of get it. Like, yeah, she might, um, sabotage the season, but I probably would too. If, if that was like, my circumstance yeah however the way she's been handling herself is just like a little needy dramatic over the top dramatic uh, dramatic is the word i um, there have been so many like cringe worthy moments in the last two episodes that show like her level of drama one being when she got so mad at everyone for not stealing her away. Right. I was just like, dude, they, first of all, you can tell that a lot of these guys have never seen The Bachelorette. Like, they're kind of like. Right. And, and I would be happy about that because they're all like grown men with real jobs who mm -hmm. probably aren't there for the social media following. But that being said, they probably also don't know that they're supposed to steal her away. And they're probably waiting for a producer right. to tell them what to do next. Because what we don't see is there are people in the background the whole time, like directing these people on what to do. Right. And for I her to like no make a big deal out of that, I was just like, dude, you got to calm down. Like you're being way too narcissistic. 
I know. She's like, if you guys want to bro out on your own, I can go home and go to bed. I'm just like, okay. This right now? Like, also, you could have asked someone to go hang out or talk. Like, these guys don't know what they're, yeah. what they're doing. And if they didn't get any direction, I would probably be the same way. Like, and honestly, whenever, I don't know if it's just me, but whenever the guys do it, like, right away, like, before they're even done talking, I'm always like, ugh. Like, it, it's annoying. It's cringy, and it's, like, a little thirsty, like, looking, and... And it makes every other guy hate them because they like always stealing them away or whatever. And that, can I steal you for a second? It's like, come on, can we just think of a better Mm -hmm. better way to do this in the first place? Yeah, that was was like probably my, that was probably my least favorite moment. My second to least favorite moment was her first one-on-one date with Jason, where she basically like took him through a therapy session. It was the most just like, aggressive awkward one-on-one date I have ever ever seen like it and keep in mind it's their first date so on a first date with someone you're not sharing like your demons as Jason put it and like all the reasons why people shouldn't like you you're trying to right you're trying to impress them right I get it this show is escalated right you want to figure out if you're going to marry someone in like six to eight weeks so True. You're going to go deep quickly. That I understand. And I also wonder, like, is she really the one that's deciding on these dates or is it the producers? Like, is she, right. is she really the one that was like, ooh, let's do a whole thing on love languages? And yeah, I don't know, like, I think they were a little limited on the dates that they could do because they're all stuck in this quarantined situation. Um, but still, it seemed like the questions she was asking were like, She's just really prying on things that he clearly didn't want to share yet. Like, oh, is there really dark, dark stuff there? Yeah, she and was just like, probing. Yeah. She was like, yeah. tell me more. Like, no, dig into that. Like, what do you mean by that? And I'm like, dude. Like, clearly he's not comfortable sharing that yet, especially on TV. So, like, can you just move on? This, I don't know. It was, it was real weird. I feel the same way. Um, and I'm all, I'm all about a love language, but that date was just so weird because everyone was watching everyone. So awkward. Do I felt bad for those guys. And then the whole dodgeball situation was weird too. Like I heard about this on a podcast too. That like it really was a double standard. Like if that happened with obviously if the roles were reversed and it was the girls, like there's no way that would have been okay. And, you know, some of them were probably fine with it, but it was, it was weird. It was really weird. And so when the, what I also thought was ridiculous was when, um, what's his name? Blake showed up and at the date and the other guys are like, bro, you lost. Like, that's just the way it is. I'm also like, this isn't like a real game. Like, what do you mean you lost? Like, yes, those were the rules, but like you're 30 something year olds. Yeah. In a real life scenario, like, I don't know. It just seems so ridiculous how upset they were all getting at it. When I'm like, I don't know, who who cares? Like, if she really liked you guys enough, then she would, I don't know. <laughs> just. Right. And then the guy, Brandon, that was like, I came here for you. And she, <laughs> okay, two two things. It goes both ways. One, he should have had, like, he could have at least made something up. Right. Like, yeah. Even if he totally lied and said, I came here for you and he had no idea who she was, he could say something like, you're so driven, you know what you want. You know, you could literally just make up anything at that point. Right. He was right. like, you're hot. But her sending, so her sending him home was just so aggressive. I'm like, dude, you're just. It was. It was aggressive, but it was a little cringy. Like, he just had nothing to say, which I understand from her standpoint, like. Yeah, this dude's just immature, and I don't... She probably just didn't like him anyway, so she was like, all right. She doesn't like anyone except Dale. Right. So that's just kind of how I imagine things are going to continue to go, because clearly she only likes Dale, and she's, like, forcing these connections with other people. Like, when she gave that um, first impression rose to Chasen, Mm -hmm. I was like... She's like, oh, we really connected and had this great conversation. I was like, you made out. Did you really? Or 
did you just kiss him because you felt like you had to like make it look like you were kind of like somebody other than Dale. Right. And they didn't even really have a conversation. They just made out. Right. <laughs> it was, it was quite weird. Oh, by the way, I meant to say to you, one of the episodes I was listening to about this was Rose Pricks. Uh-huh. Have you listened recently? Well, I listened and I saw that, uh, Bonnie's gone. Yeah. So I can't listen. Now I'm like, I only listened to it because it was just, it was on and I was like, whatever, I'll just, it was like one of the next ones that started playing since I'm subscribed and I listened to it. But without Ronnie there, I was like, he was, he was that show. I didn't laugh once without him on there. No, I can't listen to it without him. At all. I was like so disappointed because I was thinking, man, I'll probably only watch this season of Bachelorette just to listen to Ronnie and what he has to say about it. And then he's gone. So. I don't know where he, where'd he go? Like, apparently he just had too much going on with like his other podcasts and he didn't, he just couldn't make the space for it anymore. Yeah. Stephanie talked about it on one of the like Patreon things or the Facebook group or something like that. And, uh, yeah, that was super sad. I was really, really disappointed about that. So anyway, oh, well, I would just say that given all that we talked about, I'm, ready for Tasha to come in or whoever's coming in next, which we obviously have been the bachelorette in the first place. I think the only, I wonder though, like, is it going to be to her disadvantage that there's all these older guys on there now and she's like more like our age? Well, most of the guys are actually between like 29 and 35. Okay. There's a, there's a few who are like 38, 40, but like even Dale is like 32. Okay, that's true. And I think she's I think Tasha's like 29 or something. Yeah. Well, I think it's a decent group. So Yeah, the guys are cool. I just feel bad for them. Yeah, there's no, you know, uh at least not yet. There's no like Luke P or um type of guy that you just like hate yet. Except maybe um Yosef. Yosef. But I'm also kind of like I get I'm it with you, dude. <laughs> She does kind of suck. <laughs> I know. Um, I did. Speaking of Luke P, did you hear that he got sued? I did. Yeah. What show did I hear that on? Um, do you listen to the Morning Toast? Yeah. I freaking love that podcast. I think I heard it on that one. They were talking You're about so funny. a lawsuit. Um, yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, should we move on from? <laughs> yeah. If you. Um, don't watch Bachelor and you want to come back and listen, we're, we're back to regular conversation now. Yes. We actually put out a Q&A today and got a lot more questions than we probably ever gotten on a Q&A. And it, was only, it was only like a two-hour time period for y'all to answer. So thanks for coming in hot with the questions. I appreciate um, it. We're going to go through some of those and hopefully give you some answers that will help and um, – just talk it out amongst friends as well. So, all right. First question. Uh, ooh, there's so many good ones. Okay. One question that we got from two people actually is if you could tell your younger self one thing, what would it be? You want me to answer first? I'm trying to think of my answer. Gosh. You- I feel like... It would sound close. It sounds so cliche, but like you are going to, you are enough and you will grow into be like exactly who you're supposed to be. I just feel like I always, especially in like high school and college was just striving to be this, like, I don't know. I just like always had this imposter syndrome. I was always trying to be popular enough, good enough, smart enough in school there was just so much pressure everywhere, you know, to like find a boyfriend, to like have a relationship and have like a certain friend group and the status and looking back, like none of that ever really mattered. Right. Um, I, I did just find in school and nobody asked if I got a C one time on a, on an exam and, you know, like just all those little things that are such huge deals to you in that moment 
got you to exactly where you're supposed to be now and you're doing just fine. <laughs> yeah. I think mine would be something similar in, in that, like, stop putting so much pressure on yourself to achieve yeah. or putting so much pressure even on just like a situation because my, my grandma used to always say this too shall pass. And, and like the, the, um, the weight that we put on certain scenarios in our life, because at the time they seem so like life altering or so heavy and they probably are in the moment when you look back hindsight, it's not as big of a deal as you made it out to be in that moment. So yeah, I would tell younger Catherine to just take off the pressure glasses and just look at everything with um, fresh eyes, knowing that it's going to, this too shall pass. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's, that's so true too. Yeah. And to not, to not worry so much about what's to come. Like everything truly does happen when it's supposed to. So maybe, maybe something I would tell younger Catherine is to not put a your timeline on everything. Yeah. That's like true. The natural timing of your life. There is. So I feel like the, I don't know about you, but the time that I felt the most pressure in my life was in college. And that was to like academically do well to, you know, have, certain relationships thrive to have internships or jobs lined up or whatever like there's this whole like ideology and pressure that you're gonna have it all figured out after you're not in school anymore and that I don't know that you have to have all your ducks in a row and like take this designated path just because like that's kind of how you're raised your entire life going through school it's like this is the way you do things and maybe that's changed now generationally, like maybe in the way of the world now, there's a lot, there's less of that. I don't know. But I, but for me, when I was in that season, it was just like, this is the way it is. This is what you should be doing. And there was so much pressure to, to do it that way. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Oh, it makes total sense. Yeah. I think that's Let's when my anxiety was the most out of control. My twenties were my hardest years. For sure. So much pressure on yourself. That's not necessary. Yeah. Um, okay. So we got that one. Oh, favorite podcast you've ever done? Like podcast episode. Oh, man. That's hard. We have so many. I know. We have almost 100. I would say the one that I was the most like, whoa, intrigued by interview-wise was Christy Ray. Because that was a straight up cult. <laughs> and that was so, like, I had so many questions in that one. That was such a good one. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to think. Um, I have so many favorites. I guess, probably, I mean, one of the most special ones to me was when we did the one on my bachelorette weekend. Oh yeah. We got to like, I don't know, just like seeing all these people from different seasons of my life kind of all connecting was really cool to me. Um, so on a personal level, that would be my favorite. And then one that was probably the most trying to think of like the most impactful. We have so many amazing guests. I know. Emily's, um, Emily Popson's was really impactful. Yeah. Um, Rebecca Anderson on human trafficking, which again is like super relevant now that it's so on the forefront. Um, yeah, those would be my, I can't pick just one. I know that those are good. And then I also love the soul superlatives where we like gave everyone yeah. a, <laughs> a title. That was fun. That was fun. And the, the Taylor Swift game was fun, too. Oh, yeah, that was, that was really good. That was really good. With Michael, or with Patrick. Yeah, Michael Jr. Yeah. Um, okay, this next one is, what is your favorite Bible verse? Which I feel like mine changes a lot, but 
one of my favorites, I'm going to pull it up so I don't butcher it, is Colossians 3.16, which says, oh, I'm in the message version. Hold on, let me change it. So I've been reading the message lately because it sounds more like how I would talk. Okay. Yeah. Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of, God, of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. Um, and I love that so much because of a couple reasons. One, because I, when I, when I don't, when I dwell on the things of this world or when I dwell on things that aren't of God, I typically turn to anxiety, to um, stress to all like the negative aspects of me but when you use the word dwell in a way in which you dwell on who god is and his word then it leads to so many good things like teaching one another in wisdom admonishing one another singing psalms singing songs being thankful giving your hearts um fully to god is just like the best way to live life. So I just love that because I think that I typically, my first inclination, especially in, in tough times is to dwell in the negative instead of dwelling in just who God is. Yeah. That's good. I love that. Yeah. Mine is kind of cliche. Um, but I would probably say, um, Jeremiah 29, 11, mm -hmm prosper after and then I ended up using it on kind of the um what's the word spinoff of the prosper workshop um for I know the plans I have for you plans for you to grow and prosper and it's just kind of that getting back to what we were just talking about with so many unknowns and pressures and like anxieties in the now just always kind of coming back to the fact that there is a, a greater plan and a greater purpose and it's always for our good is such a good reminder to me. So, yeah, that is good. All right. This next one is what did you learn through COVID? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> we have a whole episode on this. Uh, what didn't I learn? We have plenty. Actually, we have like two episodes on it. Yeah, I think. If you could give one overarching sentence, one sentence of what you learned, what would it be? We don't, we never actually have control over anything. Yeah. Even when we think we have everything figured out and, and perfectly in place and planned and, you know, yeah. needs to be successful and <laughs> perfect. We never are truly the ones in control, so. Yeah, I think mine would, would be something along the lines of life is really messy and you can't control it. <laughs> but on yeah. the flip side, I'm, I'm learning through COVID and through like the political turmoil and the modern civil rights movement that the best thing to do is just to love and respect each other, um, which we're not doing a great job as. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say to that? Um, I totally lost my train of thought. It was there. Talk about brain fog. This is what happens when you don't have sleep. So I'll put you on that, on that. I know, you, I know you can relate on that. Um, shoot. It was about, uh, I lost it. If it comes back to me, I'll, I'll let you know. All right, cool. Um, the next one is a guest that you would want to have on the podcast. Mm. Um, I would love to have Lindsay Roman on. Yeah. Awesome. She would be a really good guest. I don't know if y'all know who she is, but she is a, um, very well-known photographer. I did like a coaching session with her this past summer. She has the Heart and Hustle podcast. They have a educational platform and workshop. She's a believer and she's always 
kind of sharing about her faith and I just love that she's not afraid to just put it out there and especially in the world of cancel culture and when you have a business you it's so scary to like talk about the hard things and in fear of judgment but she kind of really um pushes into that the fact that god calls us to do that in the first place and says that people will turn away from us for that reason um so i just really look up to her and think she'd be really a really cool guest to have on yeah I would do a combo, two people at the same time. I would do Becca Tilly and Tanya Rad. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that would be a good one, too. Just because I love their podcast. It's my favorite podcast, and I love their friendship and the energy that they bring so differently. Tanya is, like, so um, positive and um, an optimist. And then Becca, not that she's not positive, is more of, like, a realist and logical. And I just love their dynamic, and I think it would be really fun to have a conversation with them. It totally would. Yeah. I love them, too. And they, their podcast is so, like, for, like, a big podcast, it's so random, and, like, there's no real structure to it. It's kind of like ours, and it's just kind of nice to see, like, another huge podcast that has like won awards and is so big and has this huge community is is so much like ours and that it's just chatting between friends and yeah sometimes sure. I have cool guests on there but if for the most part it's just a, a random uh chat session it always has like the most random title I know I love the titles they're my favorite part um okay this one I feel like will be easiest but our one favorite thing about Wilmington it's hard to pick just one, but I would say the community. That was mine. Yeah. I mean, it, I know we talk about this all the time, but there really just is not anything like it anywhere. I mean, it's like the perfect in-between of a small town and a, and a city. Like, it's not a huge city, but so you can go out and not necessarily always see everybody that you know, but you'll always see someone you know. Mm -hmm. And it's so entrepreneurial, supportive, and just warm. And, like, everyone's just so kind and inviting. Yeah. So. I mean, double all that. Mine's, mine was community, too. Everyone is so supportive of each other. And I love that you can both bump into someone and still have, like, autonomy. Yeah. And also, like, there's always – you know, they always say there's like, you have six degrees of separation from someone here. It's like, there's one. Like yeah. if you don't know someone, then they, they do like, so I don't know. Um, and then obviously the beach, but that's kind of a, yeah. a given. For sure. Um, okay. Next question, which I thought this one was really good is what is the best advice you can give to someone who is trying to live a healthier lifestyle, but their significant other is not? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think this is, I was thinking about this one and it was kind of hard for me to answer because I'm like, what kind of significant other? Because if it's a husband versus a boyfriend, I think that's kind of a different answer to me. I don't know if, if you would okay, agree. So let's answer as if it's a husband because that's what, that's what we're at right now. Yeah. So I think the best thing that you can do in that scenario is you can be the one to like set an example and just because your significant other might not be on the same page as you doesn't mean that you can't still have your health as a priority um, and you don't have to feel guilty for that. I'd say there, there's also a fine line between like going into it as like a, a a fad type of situation where you're just gonna like jump all in and, and in that case your partner might be like whoa this is this is too much you know and that would that's that would be kind of the only reason I could see anyone being opposed to it is if you like throw out everything in your pantry and we're working out too much and weren't spending time with them like the only way I could see it as a negative is if you were treating it the wrong way in the first place. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, why would your partner not be supportive of you just making 
healthier decisions. I think it would, it, it's hard if they're not in line with, you know, maybe food choices and things like that. But I mean, you can still find a healthy balance of like maybe not going out and going out to eat as much or drinking as much or mm-hmm. whatever. Now, I was actually, I was torn on how I was going to approach this question because my first obviously thought is like, oh, well, if, if it's healthy, then they will hopefully support you at least in your healthy decisions. Right. But then going at it from the opposite standpoint of someone who was very like, I'm speaking about myself. I was very like restrictive and controlling and had just really this end of the spectrum way too far um, to one side of like what a quote unquote healthy lifestyle looked like to where whenever I got into a relationship, especially a marriage, I found that the hardest tug push and pull and tug for me was I was unwilling at the core of it to let go of some of the restrictions that I had been putting on myself for so long. And, and that was all because of fear because I was afraid. So like, what, what's your, what's your, uh, purpose behind eating healthier, I guess, is my is my uh, question for you as a listener is if your purpose is to just be restrictive, to lose weight, to have um, a certain number on the scale, then maybe maybe your partner's the actual healthy one. And you need to right. bend, you need to bend to what um, like a good whole well-lived balanced life actually looks like because I'll say that when whenever I've gotten into a relationship I have gained weight but I think it was weight that I needed to gain because mm-hmm. I when I'm alone that's when like the the as, as they said on the bachelorette the demons come out and I'm able to kind of live in this like hidden mm-hmm. life of restriction and um really not healthy behaviors. However, if you're coming at it from like, no, I just eat crap all the time and I feel like gross. I feel tired. I have this brain fog. I might, I do have pain in my stomach. Then that's different Then that. I feel like is a conversation you can approach with your partner and be like, I'm in a lot of pain or I'm like not feeling like myself. Can you help me? Can you partner with me in doing this? But if it's something where you're just afraid of heat of eating a piece of bread, Yes. That's something that you need to, you need to check yourself on because your partner is most likely giving you what you need. And that's balance. That's precisely what I'm, what I was getting at too. It's like, I can't see living healthy ever being a conflict of interest between two people in a relationship unless someone is taking it to extremes or, um, you know, prioritizing it in the wrong in the wrong ways um hopefully that's the case right like and hopefully it's not just your partner not being okay with you being healthy because then that's that's a problem but if they're seeing maybe some underlying areas that are concerning to them then then that's yeah like you said maybe maybe it's something that you need to look into a little bit more and if it is just the wanting to make better changes for yourself and maybe they're not seeing eye to eye on that then you can be the one to set that example and if they see you living a better healthier lifestyle and actually thriving then maybe they'll pick up on that and yeah want that as well but it would sound to me like there's something um there's there's something else going on there maybe that would be causing yeah. Maybe the question is to ask yourself and ask your partner, what is your definition of healthy? Right. And, and to come to an agreement together, what that looks like as a couple. That's, that's really good. Yeah. That, that's awesome. Because, right. because eating a, a pizza on a Friday night when you're having a movie night isn't unhealthy, but no. world standards, it might seem unhealthy. So if you're operating from that same mindset of like, good this is good this is inherently bad then right you're missing the the definition of what health is um, exactly exactly yeah right. that's a good question though i liked that one that is a good one um okay next question hold on let me pull it up 
Let me pull it up. Your number one thing that you would tell women, which oh, would ask every single guest. Um, I might need to end on this one, by the way, because I think he needs to go back down for a nap. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, that's good because this is how we end every episode. So we'll yeah. just end here. That's true. Oh, my goodness. One thing. Do you have one in mind? Do you want to go first? Um, yeah, I would say the one thing that I would tell women is to, I guess this is a couple thing as well, is to not live in hiding, like to be, um, I know I say it all the time, but to be unashamed of what you're going through and your story so that you don't isolate yourself from experiencing true, rich community and acceptance. Mm. So good. And so you. <laughs> um, mine would be that your mind is the most powerful tool and weapon that you possess. Um, your mindset is literally everything when it comes to what you're capable of and positive self-talk and, and improving your body image and I mean, I learned it through, through birth. Like it, it can get, it can literally get you through more than you ever could believe that you're capable of. And it's such a powerful tool, the way that you think and speak to yourself and in so many different ways from whether or not you have it in you to leave a relationship that's not good for you or finally start that side hustle that you're putting off for so long or going through the hardest moment of your life. Um, it really is, it really is everything. And it's so easy to, to live in a negative headspace. And it sounds so woo woo, but it's really so true that how connected to the physical body or your mindset actually is. I love that. That's such a good nugget to leave people on. And I love these questions. Listeners, if you like, we would love to answer these more than just one episode every couple of weeks. So yeah. if you have like a question or even a scenario, I know some of the episodes, some of the podcasts I listen to emailers were, will write in like something that's going on in their life and kind of be able to go into more detail about it and then ask for advice. Like we'd love to give some sort of advice that we can give, um, with what you're going through in life. So like, like Chelsea and I just talked about, like, don't be ashamed of, of sharing that with us if you um, want us to talk about it. And please feel free to email us at heartandsoulpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. And just kind of going back to some of the questions today, everything that we've talked about is because we care about you guys and we love you. And if they come off as harsh, please know that we have all the best intentions of of really helping you but if there's anything that you want to reach out about or want more clarity on definitely reach out yeah. to us we'd yeah. be happy to chat more for sure yeah we love you guys so much and silas you have a great nap okay bud okay <laughs> he's already falling asleep okay. all right girl well we love you listeners and chelsea love you i'll talk to you next week Whoa.